0: let them stop your grind and when it's time don't ever let them stop your shine why because you work hard to get there when you get stuck look up don't just sit there there's haters regardless just do what you do you ain't through
1: till it's finished man that's what winners do
0: hey guys and welcome back to maddie stanzo's podcast i have a super special guest all the way from the us of a she is one of my clients she's an absolute legend uh, she's a pro off-road racer over there, so she's going to have lots of great insight throughout this podcast. Um, and a big thank you, Lauren, for jumping on because it is 7 p.m. at night over there for her on the Thursday night, and it's 2 p.m. on a Friday afternoon here in Oz, so she should be almost going to sleep, but she's going to jump on this podcast and give us a bunch of information. So thank you, Legend, for jumping on. How are you? I'm good, how are you? I am fantastic. I'm caffeinated and ready to go, and I'm sure you are too. <laughs> um, all right, give us a brief background. So for the people that don't know who you are, they're probably going to all go Google you now anyways, but for the guys that um, don't know who you are yet, can you give us just a little background on like who you are, who you ride for, you know, how long you've been riding, and all that sort of stuff. Let's go.
1: been racing since i was six years old so we're going on 18 years now i've been racing professionally for seven and a half years i went pro in 2014 yeah um yeah i race i used to race the women's pro motocross series here in the united states i raced i committed to that series a few years in a row um and then uh the series kind of went under and i made the transition to off-road racing which is out here it's kind of like desert racing it's just large motocross tracks that you know we have 12 13 minute lap times um they're 90 minutes long I race for the three bros Kilmartin martin race racing Gas team so I have factory support from gas gas um and yeah
0: so that's why that's you were getting me to ride a gas gas the other day when I had a gas gas hat on you're like get one and that's why yeah yeah well at least yep. you do your promo right that's it I'm not I'm not biased at all <laughs> yeah not at all Um, everyone over here is trying to get me on like a Yamaha, so I don't know. I kind of want to just go gas, gas just to be a little bit different because that's me. I like being the odd one out and a bit different to everyone else. Um, but, and red, we spoke, we had this conversation this morning, red. It's like a psychology thing. So people get intimidated when you wear red or ride on a red bike. So it could be a good little thing for this year for you. Who knows? It's exciting. I'm excited.
1: Um, I'm required to wear all red head to toe. So I have to look like I ride a gas gas.
0: Yeah, sweet. And then when you jump off and take your helmet off and you've got a bright red face, you just keep going. It's just all red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um. All right, so let's get into it. So I've got uh, three questions for you. And then for anyone listening to the podcast, especially parents and young riders, we're going to go through a bunch of questions that parents have actually like told me about on the private Facebook page. So this is going to be full of information and very Uh, I guess, specific for, obviously, motocross riders and motocross parents. Um, So please stick around and jump, like, keep listening to this because it's going to be so epic, I reckon, to come not just from me as a coach, but, like, that's why i got Lauren on here because it's going to literally come from a pro rider that's been through this whole sport from young to old and, you know, having to deal with the parents and stuff. I know any sport, you know, sometimes dealing with your parents can – Go a little bit sideways, but, um, yeah, so stick around because we've got heaps to get through. Uh, but my first question for you is what was your highlight for your 2021 um, season?
1: I'd say my highlight was winning the uh, American Motorcyclists Association uh, National Championship in the NGPC Series in the women's A class. Yeah. Um, that took a lot of hard work. I won that championship in 2018 when it was a regional championship, but now that it's a national, that's the highest you can get. It's the same as the Loretta Lynn's championship. It's it's a really big accomplishment. So that one, and then probably just getting the ride with my team.
0: Yeah, awesome! Congratulations. That was a good win. And you uh, forgot to mention you won it run one round early, so you had already like yes. no, one, yeah. See, there you go. She's so modest. She's just so humble. But you actually won it like a whole round early. So good on you. What do you think went into like winning that championship? Like what do you think, um, what was the hard work that you had to do? Like do you train obviously off the bike? Do you like, do you know that sort of stuff? Like let kids know kind of, you know, you don't just win a championship, right? You've got to put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into that. So what was like, what did you do to get there?
1: Yeah, I, I have a gym trainer that I work with twice a week in the gym and then they do my programming off like uh, outside of the gym, on the bicycle, cardio, that kind of stuff. And then I try to ride at least two times a week if I can um, to do my hour motos. And, you know, sometimes it's not fun, but you just have to do it and you have to remember what the goal is. And then obviously I brought you on this year, Maddie, and yep. so help him get my mind, believe that I can. Yeah. It uh it all. And also just having a good team. Um, they make sure my bike is ready to go at every single race and I never have any questions of, you know, whether the bike's going to make it or not.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of people forget how much goes into, obviously, winning winning a trophy. Like, they, they don't just think it's jumping on a bike and, you know, finishing the race first. There's a lot of uh, time and effort behind the scenes that goes into that. So, big congrats. Um, and then, obviously, I want to know the opposite because everyone knows me. I like to have a good, like, you know, comeback or setback story. So, um, that was a massive highlight for you. But throughout your career, you know, obviously, a lot of riders, they have setbacks. A lot of sports people in general, sorry, like, have setbacks. So, what was something that was kind of a big setback for you and something that you had to overcome? Um, And I guess, how did you overcome it as well?
1: Um, So I would say I had a year of just one thing after another. So in October of 2019, my dad passed away. um, And he was my main supporter as far as racing goes. So, you know, I had to learn how to do all the bike work and make sure I got to the races and pay for it because my dad was funding it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I had to learn all of that myself, um, and then in February of the following year, or so like five months later, I broke both of my ankles out training, and uh, I was in a wheelchair for two and a half months. Um, got back on the bike way too early. I could barely walk. I remember I got up on the podium, and the only thing holding my ankles together was my boots. And I was I literally had to sit on the podium, and I was like almost in tears because I was in so much pain, but I was so proud of myself because I got second and. I really should have still been in a wheelchair. Um, and then I'd say three months after that I broke my shoulder.
0: Well that's why <laughs> so no pain like, or gain.
1: You're insane. It was one thing another, it was all within a year and I remember at one point I was just so bummed out and I was like, What am I even doing? Do I even want to do this anymore? You know, my dad's not around and you know, I got the opportunity to meet the owner of my my team that I ride for now and he told me that he was so inspired by the fact that I'd gotten back on the bike through all of that and that he wanted to help me for the 2021 race season. And um, honestly, that re-sparks the fire because it was like, well, you know, somebody sees how hard I'm trying right now. And I ended up finishing second in the Women's Pro Championship that year, um, which was a huge accomplishment going through all that. So I would say that was my biggest setback, but then also my biggest comeback
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot. It's like, um, everything happens in threes by the sound of things. So it's just like, you know, one, two, three for you. Um, but that's insane. that's what, that's why I love these stories because like every story is different. Like you're not going to get the same story. Um, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. I know we've obviously spoken about that before. Um, but I'm sure he's looking down and he's super, super proud of you. Um, I have only known you've what for the last six to eight months and I'm super proud of you with everything that you've achieved. Um, and I'm super keen for 2022 season. Like, I just can't wait to see what you can achieve. And on the gas gas, going to go nice and fast. Um, but, yeah, so thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Um, and my last question for you before we jump into the other questions is something I ask every guest on my podcast um, is, what advice would you give to a young rider? Yeah.
1: Um. I would say work really hard like whether you think you're working hard or not you have to keep training and don't be afraid to go back to the basics because don't ever think you're too cool to just do drills and work on keeping your elbows up or squeezing with your knees or you know standing on the flat of your foot because even as a pro I've been racing for 18 years I still struggle keeping my elbows up sometimes. So you have to work on it and um, you're not too cool.
0: Yeah, it's like you're never – doesn't matter if you're a professional or a beginner, like you can always learn something. You can always improve on something. You can always get 1% better. So it's good to have that, that mindset and be open to that, you know. I think that's what yep. keeps you at the top too. Like I'm, I'm sure you agree the only reason you're still at the top is because you keep grinding, you keep working. You know, when you said you got me – um in last year as a coach like you were already there like you're already at the top but you're like how can I get better like what's the next thing I can do so definitely I love that piece of advice it's always just like you can always do more and work harder uh to achieve epic things don't get comfortable as they say Mm -hmm. yeah cool all right um so That's a bit about Lauren. I'm sure now you can all go give her a follow on Instagram. Um, She has a cute little puppy, so if you like a little dog's Chloe, she's uh, definitely on there as well. She has her own Instagram, doesn't she? So She's a little kitty. But, yeah, so if you guys go give Lauren a follow, she's in the U.S. um, She will keep you motivated throughout the season. Um, I'm hoping to get over there this year so I can actually meet you and we can do some epic things and actually watch your race, which will be cool. So fingers crossed that happens. Um, But we're going to get in... (laughs) Sorry, what was that? we got to put on a writing school. Yeah, that's it. Everyone fly to America too with me. I'll bring all the Aussies over there and we'll come together. We can teach all of us. Yeah, I'm super keen for that. Um, all right, let's get into some of the questions. So a quick background on where these questions came from. Um, obviously, I gave Lauren a brief rundown already, but for you guys listening – I have a private uh, motocross Facebook page um, and I simply asked a question yesterday morning to all the parents on that page just saying, what does your child uh, struggle with in motocross? And then I said, what do you guys as parents struggle with um, in, in terms of like being at the track or just having, you know, MX kids? So we're going to try and, like, sort through. A lot of them was pretty, like, similar, weren't they, Lots Like, that. literally, I think, like, every kid had, like, the same, I guess, struggle. And it all came down to, like, self-belief. Self-confidence was used. Um, yeah, self-belief and backing themselves again. Like, literally, I feel like every single parent said, like, heaps similar things. And then there was one parent in there about, like, emotions and controlling emotions. So... Um, when it comes to obviously self-belief and self-confidence and all that sort of stuff, Loz, how do you think like you build that within yourself? Like how do you keep backing yourself to obviously, especially if like your injuries you just spoke about, how did you get back up and go again and, you know, tell yourself that you can do this and kind of have that confidence to back yourself to keep going? What was like your thing or what are your things?
1: Well, I mean, you've taught me a lot with uh, just positive Self talk. You have to just remind yourself, like, of all the stuff that you do do. I think personally, I've struggled with um, sitting on the starting line with self doubt, which is kind of what it sounds like these kids are struggling with. Yeah. And I think when I have those kinds of thoughts creep in, I just remind myself, like, no, you know, you have you you work out in the gym, you do the cycling, you ride the dirt bike, you know, you have the mindset, coach. You just have to remind yourself what you do do, mm-hmm. and you know if as long as you're putting in 100% you should be able to believe in yourself
0: yeah 100 that i love that you said that cuz that kind of like backs the thing that i posted on instagram the other day it said like i think it was like if you're overthinking or if you're nervous on race day it's because one um you know your self talk isn't like strong enough yet two you haven't trained hard enough, so you're, you're not, like, you're doubting your abilities. And there's three. I can't remember the third. Oh, I think it was, like, external factors, like, talking to you. So, like, you know, parents, you know, other races and saying things like that. So it's, like, you know, just keep reminding yourself, like, write down your strengths. Like, what are you good at? You know, why? Like, I think I've gotten you to do that a few times. And, you know, like, also i say, like, why are you a professional? Like, write them down. Like, it's because you work harder than everyone else. It's because you got that mindset coach. It's because you got that trainer off the bike. So I think for kids, when it comes down to self-belief and confidence, it's literally just reminding them that, you know, they actually can ride a motorbike. Like people forget that it's actually hard to ride a motorbike. You know, people don't just jump on one and assume like clutch, change gears, you know, accelerate, all that sort of stuff. So the fact that your kids actually know how to do that and for the young kids listening, the fact that you actually know how to like control a bike is a strength within itself because not everyone can do that. So I think, like you said, it's just reminding yourself of every little thing that you can do, how well you can do it. And then, like you said, that self-talk, you know, positive thinking, talking to yourself positive. When you're on the start gate, like what, what kind of goes through your head? Like I know you said self-doubt creeps in. So kind of how do you deal with that? I know like obviously self-talk, but do you do any of the other techniques like visualization, you know, getting that whole shot or anything like that at the start gate?
1: Yeah, I tend to close my eyes and take a few deep breaths to drop my heart rate because I think naturally when you're sitting on the line of a race, your heart rate, it just immediately goes up. Mm. Actually, this past weekend I had a race and I had my heart rate monitor on and just sitting on the starting line, my heart rate was like 113. So, you know, yeah, I like yeah. to take a few deep breaths, myself down. Yeah, I like to visualize the start, but then I also like to, if I am feeling kind of doubt, I like to remind myself of what I'm good at. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, whether that's for me, I'm really good at starts. I pulled two whole shots last weekend. So that's what I like to tell myself. I'm good at starts. I'm going to get this whole shot. Yeah. And you know, that's our race knowing yeah. that, you know, you're good at this and you're going to execute that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, um, I read one of the other little ones. So another thing, like, um, and I know we've kind of gone through this before. So, again, with that self-confidence is, like, how do you kind of bounce back after a disappointing race? So one of the parents said, how, like, getting motivated and pumped up after a disappointing race. So that's what they, their kid is struggling with. Um, so what's kind of your little take? You know, we always have our highs and lows, especially in sport. Like, that's how sport goes. But how do you bounce back when you've probably not given 100% or had the best race that, you're, that you are happy with?
1: I like to figure out why that happened. So, you know, if you have a bad race and you just didn't, you weren't feeling it, then maybe just give yourself grace and just, because, you know, not every race is going to be the best. Um, So I think just you can't beat yourself up because then you're just really not going to believe in yourself. Um, For me, that's what I do. You know, if it's just I had a bad race because I kept falling, then I figure out, like, okay, well, maybe I need to calm down next time so that I don't fall so much. And, you know, you just got to fix the mistakes or, you know, whatever the cause of the bad race was.
0: Yeah, yeah. Something that I say, I think, obviously, I said to you um, and others, is, like, evaluate your performance. So it's, like, what are three things that you did really well in that race, obviously, so you can, like, give yourself a little bit of confidence. But then, again, it's, like, how are we meant to get better as athletes if we're not evaluating and finding, like, our weak points so that we can obviously build on them. Um, and then make them into our strengths so finding two or three like things that you didn't do too well and actually finding the solution um like you said like you know if you're falling why am i falling so much and you know figuring that out so that you kind of do it a little bit less for the next race i think that's in evaluation is like number one and again it's like doesn't matter if you're a beginner or a pro in any sport you see like those top teams those top riders Watching back their races, watching back their games, and analyzing like where they went wrong, what they did really well, what they should have done better. So I think that's super important. Um, So that's like my little take. Good race. Sorry. Like they even
1: they even do that in races that went well. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Just
1: because you just want to keep progressing, keep getting better.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what did I do really well in this race, and how can I do that again? Do the exact same thing for sure. Yeah, I just pull whole shots every time. That's what you do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I think that was pretty much like the main thing with like all the parents pretty much all said the same thing with like their kids. It was self-confidence. There was one in here. So we're going to quickly go through it. Um, But one of the young ones is like, how can he control his emotions better? Um, Because he needs to learn he can't change what he can't control. Um, I've spoken a bit on this before, but so when something maybe for you when you're racing or something and there's something that's out of your control but it has frustrated you a bit, like how do you bring yourself back? Like what do you do to kind of stay focused so you don't lose yourself um, over that maybe that issue that's like kind of come up?
1: I tend to try to focus on whatever's coming next on the track. Like don't focus on a person, like, you know, say a person took you out or whatever that is. I try not to focus on that and literally just, like, the next turn is 10 feet in front of me, so I just got to get to that turn and then just break the track down. That way you stay super present or, you know, I'll focus, am I squeezing enough with my knees? Am I am I gripping the bike well enough? Or whatever it is, I tend to try to be as present as possible. That way the external factors don't creep in Yeah, because right. I'm just focused on biking you. control.
0: Yeah, for sure. And what about when you, um like, finish a race or you know at the start of the race do you kind of like do anything just to kind of keep your emotions in check so like if your nerves are going high or if you're feeling like a little bit you know anxious and stuff or what after a race you're feeling a little bit angry and frustrated like how do you kind of calm them down and like let it out
1: mm, i tend to take deep breaths and if i need if i am frustrated i'll go for a walk okay and just yeah
0: just, chill just out.
1: let it just let it go. It's okay. But you also can't hold on to that stuff. If you are super emotional at the end of a race, you can't hold on to it because then it's just going to carry over into the next race and that's not, not productive.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's like, that's definitely, and I'm so glad that you've said that because a lot of hopefully young riders can listen to that and go, okay, before I get in the van to travel home with mom and dad, just say mom and dad, I just need to go for a five minute walk and cool down before I get in the van. Or like, yeah, do you know what I said, just like deep breaths, just chill out. Something that I give my kids as technique is, like, literally put some, like, headphones on and listen to your favourite music because, like, music literally is, like, I swear, like, one of the best cures. Like, when you're in a crappy mood, you put on, like, a good song um, and then it mm-hmm. kind of makes you smile, makes you feel, like, a little little more calm. So, yeah, maybe just, like, music is, like, my little thing that I used to use as well. Go for that walk, like Lauren said. Um, and then some people like to talk. Like, some people actually, like, I'm this frustrated So it's like mom, dad, or your coach, if you're lucky enough to have like a coach or a trainer there, go talk to them, like go, this conversation, there's no boundaries, say what you want, do what you say. But once you've said it, it ends at this conversation, like the topic is done and we don't talk about it again. I found like that's another good technique for for some kids is like they just have to get it off their chest. So wherever, like I said, it'd be mom and dad, I don't know if you agree with this, but like literally just go that dude, blah, 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 cut me out, I'm so angry, blah, blah, blah. And then after that conversation, like, boom, done. All right, I'm happy, I'm good, I've let it let it go, and now i move on to the next race. I don't know if that's, like, a good thing. Like, would that be something that you would use if you needed to?
1: Oh, yeah, I have definitely done that before. Yeah. I will come off and be pissed off. And, you know, the only thing I don't condone is throwing your helmet. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely let some of the people around me have it if I'm really frustrated about something. It's been a long time, but... Yeah, I I definitely think talking is one of the best things you can do, even, you know, even if it isn't external factors, talking about the mistakes that you made, sometimes getting them out, and then, you know, other people around you have ideas on how you can fix that, so internalizing it doesn't, you know, sometimes that's
0: not better. Yeah, well, that's Um, kind of like this conversation. Yeah, you know, like I asked, asked these guys, like, what are they struggling with? So let's start this conversation. Let's actually get it out there in the open so that we can actually deal with these things so that then they're not problems anymore. You know, that's the only way you're going to find solutions and like fix all your problems in life, like whether it be sport or just life in general. It's like the only way something's going to get fixed is if you voice it, like if it actually comes out and you and you talk about it. Um, so one of the other things is I've, there's a few dads in here. Like one of the dads was like positive and open communication and another dad was time and frustration. Like you are better than you think you are. So, um, I did tell you these ones and you said that you could touch on a bit because, um, you said your dad kind of used to get into you a little bit and it, it made you frustrated. So give us a little bit of a rundown on like, you know, how did that make you feel so that these guys know that maybe that's how their kids are feeling. Um, and, and let's try and think of like a better way that maybe we could handle these things.
1: So I don't know if, if, if they use the term mini dad out in Australia, but out here, the mini dads, like the kids or the dads that have kids on fifties and 65s sometimes can be very high strung and yeah. they're on the side of, the track of the kid. So my dad was that dad, um, when I was on fifties, it didn't matter if I won the race, I was going to be in trouble for something and he would <laughs> he had it. And, um, you know, I, I did a lot of winning when I was on on fifties. And then when I got on 65s and 85s, the boys started getting stronger and I couldn't beat them anymore. And, um, when I got on 85s, I got really timid and I was really scared of getting hurt. Um, cause I had a couple injuries when I was little and, uh, I wouldn't jump. I was so scared of jumping and my dad would get so frustrated with me. And, we go to the track and it just wouldn't even be fun because he'd just be yelling at me to do a jump that I wasn't comfortable doing and um i think for parents it's just important to remember that your kids do have comfort zones and sometimes they aren't ready to push those comfort zones and for me that that kind of relationship where my dad was just yelling at me all the time it wasn't fun anymore and uh we ended up taking a couple years off of riding because i just couldn't do it i couldn't take he was stressing me out and at the end of the day dirt bikes we got into dirt bikes because it's supposed to be fun
0: yeah. and
1: um when you're when you're getting frustrated with your kid it's not fun and it's not fun for the parent either you know it, I think you got to just remember that they're kids and they just want to ride their dirt bike and if they aren't willing to do that jump they aren't willing to do that jump and it's not worth getting hurt over
0: yeah I think yeah I think that's a big one like and and they do say this is like they know that they can do it right and as parents like you know that they're good you know that they're talented you know that they're capable but like you said like they have a comfort zone and one day they'll be able to overcome that but it's like if you keep forcing and forcing and forcing that's when the um the injuries are going to happen but then it's also like i've kind of was wondering i don't know if this is actually a thing but i want parents to think about this right is like if you keep pushing and pushing and pushing your kid and the kid just keeps going no 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 That's why the kid has self-doubt because it's like mum thinks I can do it or dad thinks I can do it. Why can't I think I can do it? You know, And then they get down on themselves and then they get frustrated as well. So it's like the more – even though we think it's good to push them and go, you can do this, bud, like you can do that. If your kid like literally says, I can't do that, I'm not ready for it, it's like kind of just let them go for a couple of weeks. Let them just do what they're comfortable with. Let them build their confidence on the other jumps or whatever they're good at. And then one day they'll probably turn around to you and just go, all right, I'm ready to hit that jump. You know, so it's like the more we tell them they can while they're thinking they can't, they're thinking, why can't I do this? Like, why am I not good enough? Mom and dad think I am, but why don't I think that? And then it just keeps eating away at them. That's my thought anyway. That's like an opinion anyways. Um, so then the next thing that like I want to kind of touch on a bit is like I know you said you've had a lot of injuries um, and I know with injuries there comes time off the bike and then obviously parents are watching their kids get injured and stuff like that. Do you have any advice for, for parents, you know, so these are mainly mums that are saying like they get nervous now watching their kid because they have been injured. Um, so you, from your perspective as a kid back on the bike, what could you tell the mums um, about this sort of subject, if anything? Oh man, <laughs> question. Yeah, it's um, a hard one.
1: Well, it's funny. I actually talked to my mom on the phone earlier and we were actually talking about when I broke my ankles and then broke my shoulder shortly after. And my, my mom's perspective is, um, you know, when I call her and I tell her mom, I'm hurt. She can always hear it in my voice. Yeah, That's what she says. As as she answers the phone. I go, Hey mom. She always knows when I'm <sighs> hurt. And her first questions are always, did you hit your head? And is your back hurt? And if the answers are no, my mom's perspective is always, okay, well, it'll heal, we'll deal with it, you know, even when it was both of my ankles, and I was going to be in a wheelchair, she was like, okay, I'm going to come pick you up, it's going to be okay, and I think having my mom tell me that it's going to be okay, and we're going to get through it, that always calms me down, so I think kids, especially for kids, um, mm-hmm. they really look to their parents to see how to react to certain things, and getting hurt can be scary, especially when you're a kid, and, you know, you have been hurt before, and you know, that it means time off the bike and stuff, but I think parents need to be kind of the uh, role model there in how yeah. to handle it, you know, watch their kid cartwheel. I get that that can be scary, but I guarantee you it's more scary for the kid.
0: Yeah, um, 100%. Because, you know, they
1: know that they're messed up. They don't know what's, what's going to happen, and so they look to their mom for, you know, the comfort of it's going to be okay.
0: Mm, yeah, for sure, and I think this is a bit where kind of the techniques that I teach, like you and all my other kids is like with like anxious feeling anxious sorry um getting worried getting nervous is like go back to those techniques of like you know what Lauren said like breathing so just because you're not on the start gate right doesn't mean you can't be standing there controlling your breaths all right another thing is like um you know uh the five senses trick that I teach like a lot of you guys is like at the start gate I'm like all right if you're worried about what you're doing like name three things that you can smell, three things that you can taste, three things that you can hear, see whatever. So maybe even if parents start trying that technique, right? Like that's going to calm you down as well because your kid can feel your energy. So even if you're yep. just sitting at the van, right, and just in your head you're like I can see the van, I can see a tree, I can see dirt, I can smell, you know, petrol, I can and you know, even you start using that little technique that we've given the riders, that's probably going to calm you down as well so that, you know, you're not as nervous and then the kid doesn't feel that energy, you know, as much. So that's could be a little technique that, you know, riders and, and parents can use um, for mm-hmm. sure. Now when it comes to like, I guess, oh, I don't even know, like open communication. So I know how we just spoke about like, um, you know, getting it off your chest as a rider, but as parents, so, this is something that I've spoken about a lot is like, we have to be really careful as coaches as well, like, sort of the words that we kind of use, because it's going to replay. You know, if you say, oh, you can't do that yet, like, the kid's just going to go, I can't, I can't, I can't. So, it's like, we have to carefully use our words. Um, so, what are some, I guess, what are some like key words that maybe would set you off that like parents probably shouldn't use? You know, like, I'll get over it. Like, I think that's a big one, or toughen up. Like, I don't, like, none of them are going to help your kid, like, hearing those. Is there any that kind of, like, set you off when you were a kid growing up that maybe parents should avoid?
1: Uh, I think can't was the biggest one. When I, I remember when I moved into pros, um, I was around mid-pack, and certain people would show up, and my dad would be like, oh, well, that person's here. You can't win today, or you can't get on the podium. And then I started believing, well, I can't beat that person. And I still struggle with that to this day.
0: Yeah. It's definitely, yeah, yeah definitely words is a big one. And then... um another like the opposite to this so one of the parents said like so we're talking about just then like can't's a big one and you know toughen up and you know don't cry don't be a sook all those different words but now a parent's like the opposite they're like i struggled to give criticism this person's very nice um but they always start with giving their kid a compliment but they also know that their kid needs to improve in areas but they don't want to feel like they're on their case after each moto so it's like how do you how would you want someone to talk to you and and give you I guess construct maybe like your coach for example how would you want them to give you constructive criticism you know and when's uh I guess too much or you know would you rather just know what you need to work on you know and don't sugarcoat it like where's your point on all of that
1: um for me I think the people around me have a pretty good understanding of how I work and that's give me a minute once I get off the bike. Don't just, it's like, while I still have my helmet on, start telling me everything I did wrong, because that's just going to piss me off. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just, I think for me, just give me a minute and then tell me like, look, hey, that was a good whole shot. But, you know, this person was pulling you in this turn. Maybe this is, you know, maybe you need to come in a little bit hotter. Uh, For me, I like, if you're going to criticize me, tell me how I can do it better. Don't just tell me you suck in this corner. Mm -hmm. Tell me why I suck in that corner and what I can do to better it.
0: For sure. I like that. I literally, did you read my Instagram post today? You obviously did. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was like, I was like an Instagram post just saying, like, a lot of coaches are like um, talking the talk, but not walking the walk. It's like, find a coach that can fix your problems and actually give you a solution and not just tell you what you did wrong and then move on to something okay. else. Like, yeah, so you, you're listening to my Instagram. Thank you. Nah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think
1: it gives validity to to what they're saying because then it's not like you're just ragging on the person and, you yeah. know, they're. it's actually trying to help them.
0: Yeah. Well, now they have something to focus on too. They're like, oh, okay, well, yeah. um, that's what I'm going to work on now. Like now I have a solution to this. Um, so then it's not and as bad.
1: A, another thing with kids is when your parents do do that and they do tell you, hey, you know, you could do this corner better and this is why, listen to them because they can see other people doing it that you can't see and – they probably do know a little bit better or your coaches or whoever.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's always the mom and dad thing. It's like if I literally was talking to a dad on Tuesday just going, oh, when my kids race with like their mates and like all the dads are around, none of us go up to our own kids and tell them what they did wrong. We tell each other's dads and then we go up to each other's kids and tell them what they did wrong because they're more likely to listen to us. And I was like, that makes so much sense. That's actually Mm -hmm. really, really smart. So it's like, yeah. We won't listen to our mum and dads. I know they probably should listen to your mum and dads a bit more, like you said, because they do. They see a whole different perspective um, to what you know what you're seeing, and that's why also I wanted you on this podcast because you have a complete different perspective to you know you're actually in the sport and been in the sport for years from start to to end to so a professional. So you have a different view to how I have a different view. Um, so I think that's really really good, and that's why I had you on here um then this is a really like interesting one so one of the parents said like what their struggle is is um feedback because it's gone beyond their knowledge and they have lack of time to actually learn more right so that's their struggle like actually trying to help their kid because they don't know enough anymore like they don't know all the little things so like what would you kind of tell your tell the parent to do like not give them feedback just give them a compliment like or how could they learn more, I guess? Like, because my the way I read that and looked at that was like, okay, well, you know, when you're driving, why don't you listen to a moto podcast so you can learn a little bit more? You know, like, when you're at home, you know, relaxing, why don't you watch a 10-minute YouTube video on, like, motos or something so you can learn a little bit more? Like, I know these parents are very probably time poor and they have a lot on, but maybe, like, what would be your thing to say to this parent about, like, learning a little bit more or working with their kid?
1: I would say... You know, I think most people sit down and watch Supercross or the Motocross series. You know, maybe just watch what the pros do. We tend to do that with the training that we do. We try to mimic the way that they ride, and that would be, you know, making sure that they're standing on the balls of their foot. Um, if, you, if you really do break down the pros, they all stand center over the bike. Um, you know, there's just little things like technical things you could pay attention to, but also um don't be afraid to ask for help you know if they if you're out at the track and there's a really fast guy out there go ask him if they can give your kid some pointers I bet you nine out of ten people would take the time to work with your kid even if it's just for 10 minutes I know I would
0: yeah yeah that, uh, that's a good one I haven't I didn't think of that so that's awesome yeah you may as well get the best out there if you can't do it find the next best thing it's like whoever's the fastest or the pro at the track for the day I'm sure they'd love mm-hmm. that. And that'd be really w- rewarding, I'm sure, for like the pros and the older guys to be actually, to give back to the younger kids and actually teach them a thing or two, you know, even if it's just one thing for five minutes, you know, it's better than what they had before.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've had people do that. I've had uh, dads come up and ask me, hey, you know, my daughter's struggling with this. Can you talk to her? And I'll just go watch her ride and I'll give her a couple pointers and that'll be it. It'll be five, 10 minutes of my time and it helped that little girl or, um, yeah. Yeah, I, my dad used to do that. He'd go find somebody fast at the track and just, hey, I don't know how to help my daughter today. Can you give her some pointers? And they'd be able to help me.
0: Yeah, that's, awesome. that's a, such a good tip. Didn't even think of that. This is why we have you on this podcast. Legend. I love it. All right, we're going to wrap it up soon. But this is um, one more, uh, trying to get their kids to eat on race day. So have you ever struggled with trying to eat on race day with, like, nerves and feeling anxious and stuff and just not being hungry? Like, have you felt that and dealt with that before?
1: When I was a kid, I did.
0: Yeah. So how did you kind of overcome that?
1: So my mom said the only thing she could get me to eat was grapes. So my mom just always kept grapes on hand because I think just maybe pay attention to what you can get them to eat, what they like, some of their favorite snacks at home, and maybe just start with that. But I would just remind them that they're not going to be able to ride their best with no fuel in their body. Yeah. And it's really important. But I get that sometimes you could be a little nauseous, a little nervous, but... I think that also comes back to believing in yourself because if you believe in yourself and you're confident, it's going to bring those nerves down, and then you are going to be able to eat, which is just going to make you that much better. It's like a it's like a cycle. You need one to do the other.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I always say to the kids, like, did you guys fill your bike up before you race? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, so why didn't you fill your body up? Like, it's literally it goes hand in hand. Yeah. So and fruits are really good one. Grapes, obviously, super smart because fruits just so easy to like. It's those sugars, those quick sugars. So. It'll be good for the kids and then just sip on water and stuff. Like do you have electrolytes when you race? I know obviously you do big races so you probably would. Um but as a kid did you have electrolytes like in your in your water or did you just have water?
1: Uh we did a lot of Gatorade when I was a kid to get the sugars and stuff in there.
0: Yeah, okay. And then now yeah, you got fit aid, don't you? Do you have that while you race or just like after?
1: No, I drink a Focus Aid on the starting line and then I drink a Fit Aid when I come off. But yeah. I have a, uh, I use the Goo, it's like a cycling company, Goo Rectane. Um It's a carbohydrate drink. Um, I drink that within yeah. like 30 minutes of race to get some carbs. last minute carbs. In. Yeah,
0: yeah, smart, cool. Um, and what would you, like, one of my things is like, I see a lot of kids eating like full on sandwiches, like at the track and stuff. And then they feel sick because it's like heavy bread. So it's like, I was thinking like a wrap. I don't know if you eat wraps or anything like that, but I would like rather pick a wrap over like a full on sandwich to eat on race day for lunch. For me,
1: for me, I don't like to eat anything solid within like two hours or so of my race. Yeah. Um, I, I would eat a sandwich before the two hour mark before the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But within two hours of starting the race, I like smoothies. Um, we'll, we'll do like, you know, a bunch of berries and peanut butter and, um, we we'll throw a carb mix in there and I like to sip on that within the two, the two hours before the race.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's what they say, that magic two hour window, anything inside that it, you need to simplify your foods more and more so that the closer <laughs> you get to racing. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, hopefully parents, you can, uh, just, yeah, do what Lauren said, find their favorite food, get them to eat that first and then kind of, you know, try and do the fruits and the more nutritious, um, foods for them so that they can, I guess be at their best on race day, but everything takes time. I want like parents to remember that. And I'm sure Lauren would agree with me. It's like, it's not going to happen next weekend at race day. Like it's not going to happen, you know, next Wednesday when they have a training day, like you just got to be patient and just add like one or two things in at a time. Don't try and do everything we've said on this podcast next race day. Cause it will just throw out the routine. So it's just like, add that little thing in each week, you know, and then progress. Cause that's all we do on our coaching calls. I'll give Lauren Something to focus on for a week, and then when she nails that, because she nails it, uh, I'll give her something new, you know. And same with like Jack that I train here, and all the boys here as well. It's like I just give them one thing or two things to focus on, and then try and get them to do a new thing. So, pick, I guess, what's most important, whether it be their confidence thing, and just get them focusing on that. Or if the food thing's is the most important, get them eating on race day first, and then worry about the self talk and confidence and all that stuff later. But if you just throw everything at them at once. I feel like they're just going to get overwhelmed and just shut down and not do anything. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I'd say that would be what would happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. The other thing I would say is, like, if you're going to try uh, really anything, start with practice day, even if it's just self talk Like, before, while they're putting their helmet on, ask them, tell me three good things that you do and make it a habit. That way on race day it's not, like, this special thing that you do on race day because, really, that's all you want race day to be. You want it to be just a rerun of what you've practiced. So if you're practicing self-talk or you're you're practicing eating grapes or whatever it is, do it on practice day. That way nothing changes on race day. That's also going to calm our nerves.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good one. And you won't believe this. Someone's literally just commented in the Facebook page this exact thing. So we're going to add one more question to this. They literally posted now. So he said – He struggles to get in the zone on race day. So how do you get in the zone on race day for you?
1: Mm, Music. I like to listen to music. Um, Yeah, I like to watch the races before me too. Um, Or, you know, if I'm struggling to get going, maybe just go stand on the starting line because sitting on the starting line of a race, for me at least, it gets my heart rate going. So, um, yeah, just go be around the races.
0: Yeah. So just kind of feel the energy being the the vibes, watch the others do the, the good stuff. And then you know that you're about to go do that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's also said like, um, trusting his ability that he learned. So literally we've touched on that in this podcast, his self-confidence. Look, another parent said the exact same thing. So, you know, I think it's just like a common factor. I think with these kids, it's just like, get them to believe in themselves and maybe even do it with them. Like this is something that I wrote in a blog like a few months ago is like, if your kid's having self doubt, get them to do that self talk checklist, but why don't you do one too and put it on the fridge, right? So that you're like, you're being a role model, like Lauren said throughout this podcast. Like if you want them to do it, why don't you do it? You know, you practice what you preach. Um, I try to do that as a coach as much as possible. Bought my first mountain bike the other day. I'm going to give it a go, you know, practice what I preach. I work with these athletes. so I'm going to, give it a go and we'll see when I get to America with Lauren, we're going to go on a, on a mountain bike ride. But yeah, so like being that role model, you know, doing, if you want them to believe in themselves, make sure that you're doing the right things to believe in yourself as well. So sticking it on the fridge so the whole family can see. Um, Another one that I'm going to throw in here, I know this is a bit of a longer podcast, so we're going to jump off in a second, but uh, kids that are like, I guess they're too nice. Like they're not, aggressive enough like right how do you reckon we should like like for me this probably is something that i should do is like but i'm thinking like kids that are too nice on the track right and you're letting people pass and and you're not getting aggressive enough and you're not kind of getting like that mental toughness go i can win i can do this you know i'm not letting this person pass um for me it would be like obviously doing some like mental toughness techniques so you know ice baths one hour runs um things that just are real like head noise kind of, I call them head noise, you know, that like I can, I can't little fight you have in your head, whether you give up or you keep going. What would be something that you would do to maybe toughen up, like, I guess a kid if they're a bit too nice and you want them to kind of be a little bit tougher out on the track?
1: Um. Yeah, I was going to say what you said. Just do things that are really, really uncomfortable um, because it's going to create a personal fight within themselves, but then also – if they went through that, they're not going to want somebody to take whatever position it is that they're in. Like, you know, I I was in an ice bath for 10 minutes yesterday for this. You know, you are not going to pass me. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say.
0: Yeah, I think the ice bath is, like, number
1: one. Well, and I would also say, remember that just because somebody's your friend off the track doesn't mean that they're your friend on the track. That's, that's a big one. I have a, a teammate right now. We, uh, my team just brought on another women's pro and, um, we get along very, very, very well off the track. But when the helmet goes on, I mean, it's mutual. We both know, like yeah. nobody's like, we're not giving each other an inch. Yeah. We, we battled weekend, and then, you know, just come off the track and we can be friends off the track. But, you know, I, I, so I see that with kids, you know, they won't, they won't want to hurt their friends feeling, but you got to remember that it's a race and
0: yeah, that's what you're there for hundred percent um anyways we're gonna wrap up this podcast but it was so awesome to have you on legend thank you so much for jumping on um you know it's it's so good to hear it from a professional like like you know you've been in those kids shoes the whole way through um you've dealt with like everything in between um so i thank you for sharing your your story and giving your I guess opinion and support to these kids um, and hopefully we'll do another one maybe in a, in a couple of months, um, see where you're up to with obviously you're racing and stuff like that. I'm sure there's going to be new questions that we could like nut out together for the kids and the parents. Um, but just thank you so much for jumping on. It's time for your bedtime probably. <laughs> yeah, you're probably ready to go to sleep. Um, but, yeah, so if you guys want to know more about Lauren, jump onto Instagram, um, you know, just Lauren Woods. She's all over probably Google and stuff. You could definitely Google her up. Um, and yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, and then hopefully you're having a really successful season. Um, you've got everyone's support over here in Oz. Um, and yeah, thanks for jumping on. Well, thank you for having me. That's all right, legend. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Yo, never let them stop you grinding. When it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine. Why? Cause you work hard to get there When you get stuck, look up, don't just sit there There's haters regardless, just do what you do You ain't through till it's finished, man That's what winners do